0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Good Sunday morning everybody, welcome on in, Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket, Tobin here with you, Seaman Tommy Gunn going to sit this week out, so we'll see them next week, so we got a lot to dive into today, since, since we went off the air last week a lot has been going on man, like as soon as I walked out of the studio, big news breaking, I'll start off with last night though, before we get into what happened right off the, we went off the air uh, last week. Uh, last night, you had Errol Spence defeating Kelbrook Brook over in uh, jolly old England. Cal uh, Brook suffering a, an eye injury, had to eventually take a knee in the 11th round. So Errol Spence ends up winning the IBF welterweight title. Uh, a very, very exciting fight. Good for these guys, putting on a really great show. Cal Brook uh, defending his belt in a tough challenge as he as he had to take. Uh, didn't want to vacate his title. And Errol Spence uh, put it on him late in that fight, man. Ended up hurting him in about the 7th round and walks away, gets to come back across the pond with uh, with a belt in hand. So uh, a lot of talk afterwards is he he wants to fight Keith Thurman. Uh, Keith Thurman is having elbow surgery, so he's probably going to be out for a while. And you think it's, you know, we're, we're about approaching June. So if uh, you wonder if a guy like Errol wants to get in one more fight, there was a mention of Manny Pacquiao, uh, as he's been a popular name to throw, throw about for many welterweights lately is he is, uh, you know, I would like to see Manny Pacquiao get in with one of these young guys and and whether it either ends up being the rub or ends up showing that Manny Pacquiao is still uh, is a cut above the rest because, you know, the fact that he's he's fighting over in Australia against, you know, Jeff Horn and no disrespect, but, you know, a guy who he said he'd never even heard of before he agreeing to this bout, uh, it, you know, it's it, it kind of stinks. You don't want to see a guy, an all-time great like Manny Pacquiao like that, um, have kind of a whimper into his career just fighting these fights that nobody nobody sees so uh, it would be very cool if, if if we could get a matchup like that Errol Spence really really outstanding performance by him yesterday and you know you go over there it's not easy you got that hostile territory you're going to they're going to support their own and you know London's been dominating a little bit lately Like that's it. if you want to talk uh, old school like the the old US versus UK uh, a lot of the buzz has been over at the UK. The, the, their fans have been a little bit more into it. Their guys are winning championships. And they've really been kind of kind of the lifeblood of the excitement that boxing's been going on lately. So you've been having to have a lot of 5 p.m. cards that have been going on. Um, but Errol Spence gets one on this side for, for the Americans. So very, very cool moment for him that he was able to have that and, and get that big-time victory would love to see him against Keith Thurman. Uh, I think that'd be a great fight, be cool to have a unification bite at uh, at welterweight. And both of them via social media last night seeming like they're willing to do it. Um but again, we have uh we have the issue of Keith Thurman's elbow, which is going to keep him out for a while. So, it'd be interesting to see how active they want to keep Spence uh with this newfound hype. Like people are going to be buzzing about him now. He's a champion. You don't want to stay out of the limelight too much. You don't want to be in this situation where people forget about you and he ends up having to sit out eight months just to wait for Keith Thurman's health and and see how that recovery is going. I think uh, probably be more prudent to have him fight, you know, sometime in the fall, September, October, where he's still staying fresh in everybody's mind. But a great performance by him, really, really impressive yesterday. And Cal Brook, who... Has really, really taken up some battle scars these last couple of bouts. Where you know you think about the Golovkin fight, where he's going in there and, and he's the smaller man in that regard, and looks pretty good, but ends up just getting the the eye crushed in. And same thing happens yesterday, just different eye. So he is uh, he is he's been taking some punishment in these fights, and you know they mentioned yesterday they'd love to do that Amir Khan fight. That's been talked about. That 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 that's a rivalry that's been. Probably like four or five years in the making. They've been trying to get that Amir Khan fight since Amir probably was really at the top of the mountain. So I would say that'd be a good match for him. Be cool grudge match. Um, you know, as far as a rematch goes for these two, I don't know. It kind of seems like they're they're leaning towards they want Kelbrook to go up in weight, and you know he was he was very steadfast. They didn't want to vacate his belt, and so I would say that. This, uh, doing the next move of, of finally getting that fight with Amir Khan, that'd be cool for Kel Brook I think that would, uh, I think that would excite the fans in London, and I think it'd be a fun grudge match to to watch from this side as well. Uh, so the news that happened last week, right as we went off the show, and you know, there's a lot of people who listen to us on the podcast and, and, and don't catch us live on Sundays, we're wondering why we didn't cover this. It's not like we blatantly ignored this. This, this, this literally, this news happened right as we were going off the air we went off the air uh i got my 45 minute drive home and bloop, get the notification on my bleacher report app about uh shannon briggs testing positive for elevated testosterone it was broken by dan rayfield uh of espn he's their longtime boxing writer and you know my first reaction to the news of of, of shannon popper's test was just uh Really, really sad. I was, I really was bummed out. Not because uh, I felt disappointed in him or anyway. It's just, um, you know, this is a story we've been following, particularly on this show, for a long, long time uh, with Shannon's comeback and, you know, going from chasing Vladimir Klitschko to, you know, having to look like he had that shot in hand. And then Klitschko ends up losing to Tyson Fury, kind of gets put on the back burner. And, you know then then he ends up kind of taking this second tour to london ends up t- uh, you know chasing david hay he fights on david hay's undercard he thinks that he's probably going to end up getting the fight with david hay that doesn't end up happening uh, you know then he kind of gets in the mix for this WBA thing was going to fight lucas brown who ended up testing positive and then lucas brown um, you know eventually ended up getting cleared but he 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 tested positive in a potential fight with Shannon. And then we had to wait for this fight with fresa kendo And and we got this news this week. You know, this was something that Fres' camp wanted. They wanted to really be insistent on the testing. Um, And so the test comes back that that Shannon had, uh, I guess, seven, almost like eight to one testosterone. I guess the, the legal ratio is four to one. And, yeah, my first reaction to it was, wow, that's a huge bummer because you know how long this journey has been, how long it's been for Shannon to get to this point, all the work that's put in and you're two weeks out from a, from a building um, being, being filled and, and, and people want to see this fight. Um, I know it's gotten a lot of scrutiny from mainstream boxing media, but th- you know, that's the, that's the thing with mainstream boxing media that kind of sucks. It's like they're never happy. It, you know, you want these guys, you want guys to, to always be out there and always be entertaining and fight. But then there's always a cutoff date of when guys should stop fighting and it, it it's a tricky battle i think as as fans because you know you always feel like you don't want to see these guys continue to go um but then you don't seem to care about the new guys who are coming up either and numbers really show that you do like seeing the the recognizable names fight it's why uh a MMA promotion like Bellator signs the guys that they do because people still care about watching those established names. So it's a weird thing. Like, they're like, ah, this this fight shouldn't even be taking place. Why? Why shouldn't a fight like that be taking place? Because you, you know, don't watch. Don't watch. Like, you, you act like ESPN's going to send you or or, you know, boxing's going to send you. You don't have to go. You don't have to cover it. You do. Um... And so I always find that strange. Like, you you know, you don't want these guys. It's almost like offensive to you that they're fighting. And that's weird to me. Um, So from my standpoint, listen, the process is going to play out the way it is. Uh, You know, Shannon's our boy. And he came out on social media this week. It's not like the most... uh, clear cut statement because with Shannon, it's kind of like, you got to speak through code. He hasn't been as active on social media. Um, but here's what he had to say. He says, I'm on lockdown champ, no phone, no visits, nothing champ. Uh, I can't tell you, but I'm sending you this kite, uh, to hoping that you're in great champion spirits. A lot of people have flipped on the chizzy, but you, a few have stayed down, I love you. We're family, not friends. I love you. I've been fighting depression since I was a teenager now. And I've always had, uh, and had anyway, have my back like you have. We taking names. They can't stop us. They're just delaying the inevitable. Hashtag chill, champ, chill. Uh, and then on the next post, he put, uh, they kicked and punched him thinking he was down. Uh, I love you all for staying down with the truth about my injury and the fight postponement is coming out. Be patient, champ. I apologize. I can't speak on it yet. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Uh, WBH President Gilberto Jesus Mendoza said that Briggs tested positive in our fail, fair boxing program. But he has the right to request an opening of a B test to defending, defend himself uh, as established by the norm. And the one thing I always just say with these tests, with these tests, um, that I hate the fact that they do come out as quick as they do to the public and that they get leaked And a guy like Dan Rayfield, he and Shannon don't have a great past. You know, he gets news like this, and he is going to run to leak this out as a report and and put it out there and and get that news out there. I guess good for him. I don't know. Um, But the thing that does suck is that these guys don't have a chance to defend themselves. They're already convicted in the eyes of public opinion. Everybody is dancing on their grave. And we've seen this very much so in UFC. UFC has been littered with positive tests. Littered. And a lot of them have come back, and they haven't been as serious as initially reported. Chris Cyborg, Anderson Silva, John Jones, Yoel Romero, who is fighting for a title next month. Everybody looks at Yoel Romero, and they say he's got the body of a Greek god. There's no way that's clean. He comes back with a test. Everybody's like, ah, of course. Duh. And he's already convicted. Yet... His management, first round management, goes and they put all the tests and the lab work into it, comes back, take the supplement. He actually did get a flag test. So I would just say this. Whatever you think, you're probably going to think with Shannon Briggs, but I would say that he is due his defense. He is due his chance to see this process play out. And I will say this. I want to see him fight. I love having Shannon Briggs in boxing. I think it's I think he's one of the most entertaining fighters out there. He's one of the most entertaining personalities that the sport has. And a lot of a lot of boxing right now is shut doors and tough opportunities to to jump over and for him to make his own way with his own promotion is wildly impressive. It's been so much fun. And I hope that this thing does get cleared up. I hope Shannon Briggs does get his opportunity to fight for the title because It's been an unbelievably fun journey to watch, and we'll see. We'll see how things uh, go out, but uh, as far as everybody uh, with this show is concerned, uh, we're hoping that our own local guy, the Champ, Let's Go Champ, uh, continues to have a chance to flourish, so we'll see how this thing uh, works out, But, uh, but that was a huge bummer getting that news last week. It definitely was, so we got a lot to get into on this show today. There's a lot of dummies as far as this week was concerned in boxing and MMA, a lot of dummies, a lot of dummies i mean i'm talking wild wild dumb stuff going on in both sports so we got that to get to we got a ufc card coming up next week ufc 212 we'll preview that a little bit we'll be back with fighters fury more after this it's fighters fury on am 790 the ticket all right welcome back Tobin here with you fighters fury rolls on here on your sunday morning you can text the show six seven nine seven four. One guy texted Loki. Didn't know Manny was still fighting. He is. Check him out, Jeff Horn. Check that out, Australia next week. I'd rather see Manny Pacquiao fight a koala. I think that's what I would like to see. Let's see Manny Pacquiao take on. Let's take. Let's see Manny Pacquiao take on five koalas in Australia. I think I would be more into that than watching him fight Jeff Horn. In fact, throw Manny Pacquiao in there with every deadly animal you have, in Australia. Not counting the white shark, because uh, can't swim in a, in a in a ring. But every land animal you got, throw it at Manny Pacquiao. Let's see what he's got. Let's see who comes out on top. Then that, then you're talking pay per view. Then you're talking. I'm, I'm gonna. You're gonna generate some revenue. There's Manny Pacquiao just wailing on koalas every single. It's like a battle royale. Koalas coming out from every ring post with their furry little paws and their nasty teeth, and he's just he's just clocking them on the head one by one. Then the koalas start running in fear. go get out of here, mate. He's crazy. Like, that, that's what I want to see. Jeff Horn, the hell is that? Um, so Oscar De La Hoya had some interesting nonsense that he came out with this week. He posted this long letter on his Facebook page. And he is highly against the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight. Highly against it. And he goes on this long manifesto about how boxing is just starting to dig out of the hole of Floyd and Manny Pacquiao that was shoveled by seven years of putting that fight together, which ended up being anticlimactic. 2017 has started off as a banner year for boxing. Joshua Klitschko, Thurman Garcia, Golovkin Jacobs, Canelo versus Chavez. I got to stop you there, Oscar. You don't get to put Canelo Chavez in that. That fight sucked. Sucked. All right? I know it was a nice marketing uh, ploy that you put together, putting Julio Cesar Chavez's kid on a monster card on Cinco de Mayo, and it did great business. That fight sucked. Anyway, all four of these fights and many more have brought the fight game back and reinvigorated interest from the elusive and casual fan. But if you ever thought Mayweather Pacquiao was a black guy to our sport, a matchup of two of the best pound-for-pound fighters ever, That simply didn't deliver. Just wait until the best boxer of a generation dismantles someone who never boxed competitively at any level, amateur or professional. Our sport may never recover. And, I mean, honestly, he's like, I fully understand the initial attraction from any combat sports fan. McGregor is certainly the best pound for pound MMA fighter and Floyd is Floyd, most dominant boxer of his time. But success in in one sport does not guarantee success in another. Far from it. Let's be clear. These are two different sports. The size of the gloves, the size of the shape of the ring. In fact, the sport that allowed combatants to use leg strikes. Crazy. How dare they? Leg strikes. Think about it. Beyond Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, one other athlete has successfully competed in two sports in the modern era. And Jackson and Sanders both played baseball throughout their high school and college careers before going professional. And, and, and furthermore, Oscar goes on, it's not like McGregor will be fighting a good fighter or a mediocre fighter. He'll be taking on the best. I'll use a bit of an analogy if you don't mind. This is from, this is from Oscar. He says, I can hold my own in some second-tier tours. I'm a pretty good golfer. Maybe I would be, but would I be able to compete with Roy McIlroy or Jordan Spieth or Sergio Garcia? Of course not. Nor would I think that. So he just keeps going on and on about it, all the All the reasons why this thing shouldn't happen. Now... He did make some of these points before. He has said these things. This is courtesy of fighthype.com, who dug up a a little bit of an interesting uh, conundrum that we have from Oscar De La Hoya. And he has uh, put these these, these thoughts on this fight beforehand. Here's a little bit of Oscar a couple months ago. To me, it'll be a disrespect for for boxing if a UFC fighter who has zero experience in boxing came and fought uh, Floyd Mayweather. And if Floyd Mayweather went and fought McGregor in the octagon, it would be a disrespect to the octagon. Because, I mean, if both guys fought each other in the ring, then Floyd would win easily. Mm -hmm. If they fought in the octagon, McGregor would win hands down. Now, fine, fine, seems in line with what he said. Now... For those who don't know, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, head of Golden Boy Promotions, his top fighter is Canelo Alvarez. Now, Fight Hype mished this together with something, an interview that Oscar did with Fight Hub TV, and had some interesting thoughts when this when this first uh, started being bantied about. Connor versus Floyd. And he said, you know what would be a better fight? Connor versus Canelo. You know, I mean, imagine... Colin McGregor and Golden Boy coming together. But the only fight I would love to see, um, and this is the one that makes the most sense, that would be the most exciting, that would be a guaranteed knockout, is against Canelo Alvarez. And they're the same weight class. So it makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. Huh? You Well, what changed? What has changed? What has gone from... Oscar De La Hoya wanted to put his golden guy, his golden goose in the ring with Conor McGregor and get his pay-per-view buys as opposed to now where it's the, it's the worst that could happen. It's worse than Pacquiao versus Mayweather. Well, the interesting thing has happened. He's got his own super fight to compete. And don't think this, this doesn't matter. Oscar De La Hoya comes out this week and he says that Triple G versus Canelo, which is coming up in September allegedly, and he says he thinks he could do 3 million buys, which I think is crazy. 3 million buys. Just to put that in perspective, no Mayweather fight other than the, the, uh, the Mayweather versus Pacquiao fight has done over 3 million. And his, his, his biggest was with Canelo, and they did just over 2. So, let's just do some simple math here. You're telling me Floyd and Canelo can do just over two. But Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo can do over three. Gennady Golovkin, who who can't get over 300,000 buys, plus Canelo, who does good numbers, about a million buys, that's going to somehow turn into three. All right. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's not going to help it go to three. And that's if Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor is in the same vicinity, anywhere near it, charging you 100 bucks per pay-per-view buy. And that's really what this is about. Oscar De La Hoya is trying to tap into some kind of hardcore boxing fan who wants to look at this as a disgrace to their sport. And I can get that. You know, uh, we've had Max Kellerman on and other boxing, uh, I guess you could call them historians on our station. You know, I've asked them what do they think about The 50 and Omar coming up against a guy who has never boxed before. Roy Jones. Roy Jones is like, "Eh, you, you think you've answered your own question. What do you think about it? So I understand why some of it stinks. However, the idea that your opinion has changed so dramatically in the span of months, it doesn't exactly strike me as the most genuine thing in the world with Oscar. Now, The other thing is, our our sport couldn't recover from this. Boxing's recovered from fixings. Boxing's recovered from guys getting bit in the ear. Boxing has recovered from Pacquiao Mayweather in some regard. It's had a lot of buzz this year. I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, if you are one of these people that like to put up boxing and UFC in a competition with each other, I can tell you as a guy who loves both, loves both. I can tell you boxing has easily, in my opinion, had the more interesting year than UFC. UFC's year has stunk. There, there's, the pay-per-views have sucked. There's been very few good fights. There's very few fights that have you, you, you're super jacked up and buzzed about seeing. Every other, you know, Conor's on the sidelines. George St. Pierre keeps getting delayed. Tony Ferguson can be Namaga Madoff. Maybe the fight that fight fans were most excited about seeing not happening. Cody Garbrandt, T.J. Dillashaw, maybe the second fight people were most excited seeing, not happening. UFC's had a really, 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 really rough year. You know, 2014 was a rough year for UFC. This might be turning out to be a worse year for them. It's It's been a rough year for the UFC. A lot of bad headlines, a lot of bad stuff coming out about how fighters are continuing to be unhappy since the sale, bitching about pay, upset with management, not happy with card placement upset with this retreat that went down last week. Boxing, on the other hand, has fight fans excited. Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko, has fans buzzing. It's bounced back quite nicely. Quite nicely. The other thing is, this idea that boxing couldn't recover from Conor vs. Floyd. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the consensus opinion out there is the boxer is going to wax Conor McGregor easily. A lot of people don't even think this is going to be a very close fight. They just want to see the spectacle. They want to see the what if. And the idea that boxing is not going to recover from a possible what if, that seems silly to me. The reason fans were so pissed about Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao is because we all felt like we got robbed. And the reason we felt we got robbed is this thing was talked up for nearly six years. And these guys were the two best in the sport. And we expected a fight that was going to be two of the best in the sport. And we didn't. Expectations were not met, not even close. The expectations for this is a bleep talking fest. And maybe Conor McGregor gets one lucky shot in there. I mean, that is, any reasonable person who's buying this fight, they think that. And you'll have those conversations of, ah, eh, well, what if it was a real fight? Conor kicked the crap out of him. That's what this is for. It, it draws up great debate. But nobody, nobody really thinks that Conor's got that great a shot to win this fight. What is he? He's a plus twenty five hundred fan uh, twenty five hundred underdog for this fight? What the hell is Oscar talking about? And so the fact that you got Oscar De La Hoya chirping about how he'd love Canelo to get the fight. You'd love he 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 he's got his own quote unquote super fight that he thinks is gonna do three million bucks. I tell you this that fight, if it does under one and a half million, that is a wild success for Canelo versus Triple G. A wild success. There's nothing in boxing that can come close to that right now. Nothing. You know, we're going out to cover Sergey Kovalev versus Andre Ward. Two guys, peak of their powers. They had a really controversial first fight where Andre Ward came out on top. A lot of people thought Kovalev won. That first fight did 170,000 buys. I mean, if they did twice that, that'd be amazing for them. And that's kind of where boxing's at right now in the pay-per-view market. It's not great. They're still having a great year. I don't take any of that back. You know, you're finally getting some worth on your premium channels after they all kind of fled for PBC for a year. So that's good. But as far as getting people to fork over 60, 60 bucks, yeah, they'll do it for this fight. They ain't doing it like the second uh, the second biggest pay-per-view fight ever. That's not happening. no. No, no. No, 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 no. That's not happening. So, Oscar. 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 Why don't you chill out on this, man? Just take a step back. All right? If they do put Conor versus Floyd too close to your fight, just move it. Just move it. You guys have moved it long enough anyway. Let's not act like you guys haven't kept delaying Canelo versus Triple G. We would have loved this a year ago. And Canetti, in that time eh, hasn't looked that great. hasn't hasn't looked as he hasn't looked peak canetti Golovkin. And as far as Canelo, you put him in there with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Man, I mean, it's not act like you're out there putting the best fights together. All of a sudden, like you know, you're putting Canelo in there with 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 a murderer's row. I'm glad that the fight's still happening. Credit to you. I'm glad that it is finally happening, but. Not out like every single time you're out there not trying to to put your put the easiest guy out there for Canelo. This thing that you did on Cinco de Mayo was a ruse. It was a marketing ploy. Put in you put in Mexican Mexico's all time favorite fighter son against your most current popular fighter. Their qualifications weren't equal to be in there with each other. Just silly. We'll get into a little bit of UFC two twelve. That's coming up this weekend. We also gotta fight tonight. We gotta fight I, it's technically today. From Sweden, so we got some fight picks coming up for you next. It's Fighter's Fury on AM 790 the Ticket. Welcome back, Fighters Fury here on 790 the Ticket Tobin here with you. Text show 67974. Guy texts in Mayweather McGregor should have agreed and scheduled for a showtime interview the first week of September just to screw Golden Boy Promotions Mega Fight. I don't know if it's going to be that far off, man. I think that's why he's so upset. I think the rumors are that it's going to be, it's still going to be this fall. And I think that's why Oscar's so upset in that letter. A lot of UFC fighters are upset. They had this Reebok, uh, well, they had this UFC retreat this up this past week. He had uh, you know, Cyborg getting into it with somebody. A lot of uh, uh, this Cajun Johnson, who I'm unaware of, but he, uh, he apparently went off on a Reebok guy. I'll say this, man. I'm, I'm as pro fighter as it gets. I, I you know, I'm, I, I love. Uh, I always want the the fighter to get the most out of it because they are the ones putting their bodies on the line. Um, but I will say, as a as a as a UFC fan, this stuff is falling a little bit on deaf ears. It's becoming too routine. Like everybody, everybody is upset. Everybody's upset about the same thing, and the thing that I thought was going to be a game changer was when they came out and, and they had Bjorn Rebney out there with Tim Kennedy and George St. Pierre and Donald Cerrone and TJ Dillashaw and Kane Velasquez. And, you know, none of these guys stood their no, None of these guys stood their ground. Like they all came out there and they said that they wanted to do this for the future of the sport. But, you know, that whole thing just dissipated after that initial press conference. It was just like, Gone, nothing, and this this whole talk of a union that was the whole talk when the sale came out. oh well, they're gonna unionize, they're finally going to be united they're not they're not, and you know from from that standpoint, if they're not gonna do anything collectively together i really I really don't know what purpose it does going out to the media and still complaining about the reebok deal is doing. You know, like I saw an interesting thing from Joe Lowe's on this week who who spoke to ESPN, and he was just, you know, the Reebok deal is not that bad. You know, all these people want to act like they're they're making and they're getting screwed out of tons of money and they're getting huge sponsor deals. Yeah, maybe a few of them, maybe a few of them. But he says, you know, from all the running around I had to do and, and, and having, you know, sponsors pull out, guys trying to screw you out of money for last-minute changes or something that you didn't do, it's really not that bad. It's kind of nice that you get that extra bump. This is a guy who's been around forever. This is a guy who, is, who has been there when the getting was probably good with the sponsors. And, you know, I'm just... I, I've got a little bit of Reebok fatigue as far as it with, with, uh, with fighters being upset about it. I get it. Um, but if they do really want this to change, whenever this deal runs out, and I think it runs out in you know, I think it's got a year left. It's like, man, who is going to want to sign up to be the next uh, UFC clothing line it's Reebok. I mean, it's just, it's, it's been urinated on the entire time. Um, I got a hard time. imagining it's gonna be easy for the UFC to find an amicable partner again, unless you, I mean, maybe Reebok wants to come back. I don't know, but it seems like, uh, it seems like everybody hates it. And, you know, I've gotten used to the, everybody made fun of the Reebok kits when they first came out. I've gotten kind of used to it. it's, it's fine, um, especially when they started going and they started putting other colors together. Like It used to just be black and white or the black and gold ones. I was like, eh, this kind of sucks. But they have they spiced it up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, man, everybody coming out of this, uh, you, see, you know, I see this like, uh, like all, think about all the money that the, the, the corporation put together for this retreat and they could have just given it to all us. It's like, well, no. Like, they wanted to put something on. They wanted to put on an event. Like, you know, that's like when when our company here, they put on a nice company picnic. They're trying to do something for their employees, and you're just like, ah, you should have just cut this all down and given us bonuses. It's like, well, I mean, I get it, but, you know, every every once in a while, it's nice for a company to do something for morale, especially when they realize all their fighters are pissed. Um, You know, and you don't know how they went about putting it together. Like, oh, how much did Snoop Dogg get to put here? Yeah, Snoop Dogg has got, like, he's probably hooked up with WME. So, I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit weird this week, and I'm, I'm 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 almost calling uncle a little bit on on the Reebok issue. Like, we get it, but you know, the, the you guys stayed together in a union for like a week. Like Don Cerrone was up there, signed a new deal immediately. TJ Dillashaw, eh? TJ, why don't you go on the Ultimate Fighter for us? You know, Tim Kennedy, he's like, I bleep this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go fight ISIS instead. Like nobody stuck with that thing, George Saint Pierre. All right, you got me. I got my 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 money for the Under Armour make good. We we're good now. We're good. You know, like nobody stuck with it. Nobody stuck with that union thing. And I thought, you know, there were a couple of things here. It, it, you know, there was another there was another play with this with this thing where I thought maybe the Ali Act was going to come into play, especially with this McGregor Mayweather thing. I thought this was going to end up being a huge court battle. And I think smart on Dana. Where he decided to work with McGregor on this, because it's better than them going to court and McGregor ended up winning, opening up the Ali Act, and then they're really screwed. So why not just let him go take this one fight? You know, UFC's no dummies. You know, They do a lot of things that upset their their the the fans, but they're they're not dummies. This year I stunk though. That that can't be denied. You know, learning this week that Cody Garbrandt is out for his fight with TJ Dillashaw with a back injury, that sucks. I was looking forward to that fight. Um, Those guys hate each other, man, on the Ultimate Fighter. They're going at it strong. And that's been replaced by Yoel Romero Robert Whitaker for the 185 interim title. Very happy for Yoel that he gets that opportunity to fight for the strap. Um, GSP, I guess it's rumored that he has an eye injury, and that's what's delaying his comeback. And Michael Bisbing just said, yeah, I'm going to sit on the sidelines until this goes. But... You know, Dana came out this week, and he said that, you know, when GSP returns, it's going to be for the 170 belt. It's not going to be for 185. So, um, you know, Bisping says he's banged up. I don't know if he truly is going to wait and get that GSP fight. Um, I guess if that's what he really wants, like, I guess at that point, why not just drop the belt? But then again, I don't know why GSP maybe wants to fight Bisping unless it is for a belt. So I don't know how, how much of that stuff interest GSP, whether the, the the belt is a big deal or whether if he thinks fighting Bisbing, I think GSP coming back to fight for the championship. That's the story, more so than Bisbing. Um but Yoel Romero getting a fight against Robert Whitaker, that is a banger of a fight. Those two can throw down. That fight could end at any minute. Um I'm leaning Yoel early on just because I, I almost feel like for Robert Whitaker, um that's uh, it's almost a little bit too much too fast. I really like his skill set, but I do I do wonder if if the rocket is on his back a little bit too quickly for this. Even though he did make mincemeat out of uh, Jacare Souza, um, but I'm early leaning Yoel on that fight. We'll see as the, as it gets closer. Is it, we're only about a month away from it. Um, before we get into fight picks, this uh, this Jermaine Durandamy, who is the Believe it or not, she is uh, one of the UFC's champions. She is the featherweight champion for the UFC, their 145 champ. She beat Holly Holm in the initial fight. Her manager came out this week and put out this. This was to MMAfighting.com. He said, Jermaine and her team have talked, and the position is that she will not fight Cyborg because Cyborg is a known and proven cheater even after so much scrutiny has put on Cyborg, she has still managed to pop for something and will always be a person of suspicion who's trying to beat the system rather than conforming to the rules. For that reason, Jermaine and team do not believe that Cyborg should be allowed to compete in the UFC at all. If that is the only fight the UFC wants, then Jermaine is willing to wait and see if the UFC will strip her belt before making the next move. This came out from a manager, and I gotta say, this has got to be the worst manager in the history of managing. He's terrible at his job. What do you mean you're not going to fight her? I mean, listen, she got cleared. She got cleared. We, we, we've done the whole, the Cyborg been on this show plenty of times. Like, come on, man. We've seen Cyborg. However, within this USADA thing, she another one. Like we talked earlier in the show about let due process play out. Cyborg's due process played out and she got cleared, man. And when that whole thing popped, we're like, of course. I was one of them. I'm not here to say, like, I was above it. As soon as Cyborg's latest USADA test, I said, of course. Of course Cyborg popped for USADA. However, due process played out. She got cleared. And it's Jermaine Duran to me, who won one of the dirtiest championships I've ever seen. Where she is hitting holly home after the bell. Cheating all over the place. And then somehow still gets the nod on the scorecards. I mean, what is he trying to make of the most unpopular fighter of all time? What a terrible manager. And you're doing it against Cyborg, who gets plenty of uh, plenty of guff. Lots of people like ripping Cyborg. And this guy's sitting here and he's like, yeah, you know what? We're, we'd even, we would, I mean, think about this. You would rather have a championship stripped, stripped then fight Chris Cyborg. The only reason that belt's there in the first place is Chris Cyborg. I mean, that's the fact. That 145 division was created for her. And the fact that you're, you'd rather be stripped, all right, than be stripped. Who is going to bat And Conor McGregor got stripped. That was an injustice. Jermaine Duran to me. Nah, you know what? I, I don't want to fight because I don't want to fight the number one contender because I'm going to get my ass kicked. Like, that's what it sounds like when you read that. I, what kind of damage control is that? You want to say that stuff behind the scenes? All right. You want to try and work that thing? All right. Let Dana say it, I guess. But you want to You want to put... It's like... It's like a... A public statement here on behalf of Jermaine Demand Me. Who? Yeah, she's the 145 women's champ. Oh, okay. Uh, she doesn't want to fight uh, the number one contender. The only reason there's a belt is a known cheater. Like, what? Uh, okay, well... What do you want to do? I mean, she'd rather be stripped than fight Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg either kick Chris Cyborg out of the UFC or stripped her main or enemy. I got to tell you, like, if those are your choices, if that's the, if that's the ultimatum you want to go with, I hope, I hope you, uh, you put that, put that belt in a nice display case. Cause that's going to be the, the last time we see it publicly or see it anywhere. So that was weird this week, man. All right, let's get to some fight picks before we get out of here. Uh, we got UFC fight night. It's kind of fight day from Sweden. Alexander Gustafsson against Golover Teixeira. Really good fight. Light heavyweight. Um, I would think that whoever wins this is probably going to move on. They might fight Jimmy Manow for the number one contender spot. Eventually fighting the winner of John Jones against Daniel Cormier. A little bit of a, little bit of a ladder there going to from step by step. I got Gustafsson. You know, the last time they had that, that fight night in Sweden, it ended brutally for him, man. That was a heartbreaking loss for him, losing the way he did to Rumble Johnson. I don't think that happens again. I think he's going to beat Glover Schera, uh, end up fighting Jimmy Mano, a guy he's already beat. Ah, man, it would be really cool if eventually down the road we get to see John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson again. That was such a good fight. Such a good fight the first time. I'd love to see that run back one more time. And I think it would, I think it would ease a little bit of the fact that we're not going to get Jones versus Rumble. Uh, if we got Jones versus Gustafson again, that'd be pretty awesome. We got UFC 212 coming up, Rio de Janeiro. And that's what's coming up next week. Headlined by Jose Aldo, Max Holloway for the undisputed featherweight championship of the world. Jose Aldo, interim champ. Max Holloway, interim, interim champ. Neither of them the real champ like Conor McGregor who got stripped for no reason. But this is what we're left with. So this person will be left as the undisputed featherweight champ of the world. I'm going to go with Max Holloway. Dude's been on a roll lately. He seems in the zone as far as just really stepping up the damage he's putting on the people. The, what, the beating he put on Anthony Pettis was so impressive. Um, I got him coming out on top uh, of Jose Aldo. I'm going to say he's going to win a pretty lopsided decision. Not going to finish him, but I think he, he gets the nod in this one. Vitor Belfort likely has his last fight in the UFC against Nate Marquardt. It's in his hometown. Vitor's always got that window. Um, and I think he's going to get the win over Nate the Great. They got Eric Silva, Yancey Medeiros um, to open up the main card. I'm going to go with Yancey Medeiros winning that fight. And that's what we got, man. That's what's going down from UFC next week. You also got Claudia Gadelia, Carolina Kowalski. If anybody's into that, I don't really have a feeling on that either other way. So anything I would be just saying would be just making stuff up, just spitting stuff against the wall. And I don't want to do that for you. I really have... No opinion, one way or the other, of the two strawweights that just lost to Joanna and J. Chick. Um, not the greatest co-main in the world, I would say. Not bad card. It's all right. It's an okay card. But the but the but I but that main event that main event should be a hell of a hell of a show. Really, really good stuff. All right. Uh, anybody who missed any of the show, you can download the podcast. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, six to ten, with Leroy. We are holding it down for the morning show tomorrow, so you can catch us there. And, of course, you can catch me uh, producing the morning show and 1 to 3 every single week with Leroy Horde and the Beast. Everybody enjoy the rest of their Sunday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?